Welcome to KNUK's Kind to Your Mind podcast. There's power in talking and here in this safe space, we talk openly about well-being in all its forms. Hello, I'm Blee. And I'm Paddy. And in this episode, we chat with three of our colleagues about all things volunteering. We find out what activities they've been up to and ask how they've been making the most of their volunteering days. We also take the opportunity to ask them for any advice they might have for those of us who are yet to use our days or who might be struggling for inspiration. This is a bit of a bumper episode, really, just full of useful tips that have got us both thinking. Um, and we begin the chat with Angela and Harvey, who both have different experiences of volunteering, but also super useful insights so without further ado let's jump in full disclosure i've not actually used my volunteering days yet um i'm trying to figure out something i can do with my i've got quite a small team we try to sort of figure out a team day that we can do but yeah for the time being i've not not used them so i'll be intrigued to see what you two uh, you know have done with yours i don't know have you used yours paddy you know what I haven't, which is a shame, really, because um, I'm on the colleague forum as well. So it's there's it came through the colleague forum. So I think last December um, it got announced and it was like all the reps really happy about it and myself included. But no, I actually haven't managed to take the time to do it yet. But it's because for me, like I find it hard to find the opportunities to, when they come up, really. I, I wouldn't yeah. know where to look um, just as a neutral. I wouldn't really mm-hmm. know the first place to go. That'd be interesting. Actually. Yeah. Where do you kind of, where do you tend to look? Is it existing interests that you think, oh, okay, I want to do a bit more with that? Or do you kind of proactively look at different ways that you could volunteer? Well, I think that that can vary depending on what your interests are. I think it is hard for people to understand opportunities and how to volunteer if they're not normally looking for that or connected into that. So that might be the next evolution for the colleague forum to look at how can we organize opportunities that our colleagues can take advantage of within the company. Mm-hmm. Um, for myself, I moved to England eight years ago and having moved countries before, I know how difficult it can be to integrate and meet people and make friends. So I was looking really for a social outlet um, that had a dual purpose that was giving something back and wasn't just sort of going to pubs or, or meetups, you know, and, and that kind of thing. So I went to there in where I live in Chester, there's an organization that actually coordinates all the volunteer and charity organizations in that area. And I went in there and just said, you know, how do I find out about volunteering opportunities? And they had a whole room with uh, notices and books of charities looking for trustees looking for volunteers and all those kind of things so I just kind of sat down and looked through all those and found something that really spoke to me what was it that spoke to you (laughs) well I'm very interested in a lot of different subjects around women and girls and empowerment and, and above all improving lives for women and girls and there was a local uh, charity called Chester Women's Aid, which supported victims of domestic abuse, not only women and girls, but entire families and men as well. But it had a very uh, long history and was very localized. So they were looking for a trustee. Um, being new to the UK, I didn't know exactly what a trustee was uh, in terms of how the UK does it. But I decided to give them a call and find out what it was all about. And um Long story short, I've been with them ever since, eight years, and I'm now actually the volunteer chair. That is really interesting because it sort of sounds like as well when you first moved here, it was maybe a little bit more of a social outlet. And now it's led to you being a volunteer chair. So the opportunities that have came out of it must have been 
Yeah, a bit, a bit nuts, really. What have you sort of been working on at the uh, at the minute? Yeah, so so it's an entirely volunteer-run charity, and um, what they do is basically raise awareness about domestic abuse and also raise money to help victims of domestic abuse. We don't actually do any direct services. We don't do counseling or run a refuge or anything like that. What we do is when we raise money, we give it to organizations that provide those services because they have full training and they can do risk assessments and they interact with all the local authorities and everything like that. So it's good for people who have no experience uh, and no training. So we can go out there and we can volunteer and not have to have a really specific background or education. So that's what we do. We have a couple of major public events. Um, We do a lot of digital social media campaign awareness raising and fundraising, and we do actually now interact with the local authorities. We got a lot more active within the local authorities and raising awareness and being a voice for those uh, that we think need it. That sounds incredible. Just out of intrigue, so what are the... um... What are the events? Sorry, I know you said like you do a few public yeah. events. What what do they sort of include? So our main event every year is called White Ribbon Day. That White Ribbon Day is an international day on the 25th of November that uh, asks men in particular to join in about preventing and raising awareness of domestic abuse. So what we do is we go to the city center of Chester and we invite loads of organizations like our police crime commissioner, our local constabulary, other organizations and charities in the city. And we we just have kind of a what we call the street collection, which we have people with buckets, you know, and T-shirts gathering money from all the shoppers. It's a really nice time of year because it's kicking off that sort of Christmas feeling and Chester Mm. has Christmas markets. So it's really busy and exciting. And then the fire uh, service comes along with their big rig and they hoist up a 25 foot white ribbon in the middle of the city. And then we have um, some great guys in the city called the Diva Vitrix Beer and Mustache Club. And these guys are great. They help us every year. And they have one member who dresses as uh, Father Christmas with his elf. And they stand by the fire engine and they rake in money like you wouldn't believe (laughs) (laughs) because that combination of santa claus and a fire engine just attracts children from from miles around sorry if i missed it so is that you did you use your two days then this year to to do more with that charity then yes so what i have done um in my role as a volunteer chair sometimes it can get a bit tricky because a lot of things happen during working hours and i can't always you know, fulfill those things or have to work in my time at home in the evenings or the weekends. And that can interfere with, you know, your spare time. So uh, I was so happy when Kudanagla introduced this volunteering leave. I thought, oh my gosh, I'll get to do a few things um, during normal hours. So I've only used one so far this year. So that one I used to attend um, the launch of another charity in town as a representative of Chester Women's Aid. And that allowed me actually to meet and network with a lot of organizations in the city, promote our charity. Um, and then I was able in the afternoon to actually get some work done for the charity. You know, we have to do all those mundane administrative things like accounts and emails and you know all that good stuff. So it was just where I could dedicate a full day to the charity that didn't kind of bleed into my personal life at home and allowed me to meet and greet with people I normally wouldn't interact with uh, in in those kind of hours. So that was really exciting. 
And then my next one, my second one, I will probably use for the white ribbon day because that requires a lot of organization, you know, lots of equipment, lots of, you know, permits and those kind of things. So I can take a day off to make sure that event is going to run really smoothly. Awesome. Now, Harvey, you've been sat there very patiently. Can you tell us about what you've used uh, your your volunteering days for or what you plan to use them for if you've not used them yet? First of all, Andrew, that's amazing, by the way. I was proper like captivated by all that <laughs> inspirational and weirdly fascinating because the sort of origins of the, the charitable thing come from like totally different places so i'm not sure if you guys will be familiar with kn care yeah like a, yeah so as part of that I'm, I'm an advocate for that so me and my co-worker Gurvi, who's also an advocate um found out about the volunteering days and thought that'd be a really good thing to do you know, roll it out in a meeting, like to showcase it to the rest of the branch and sort of really try and drive this like activity around volunteering day. Cause as a company, I think it's a pretty, you know, like great thing to offer. So we sort of started looking around. We actually found a, a website that's sort of like a matrix for all these charities in like you can select an area. So obviously we went to Nottingham, um, and it's, you can just call it with a massive list and you can go by categories like, for homeless or you know for domestic abuse or or, or anything like that so eventually we actually settled on doing um, just for dogs in ashford which is obviously like a shelter slash kennel second one is pending he's in second day we'll go i think we're going to go to a different charity but so organized first day at ashbourne started at and it was quarter to eight so quite an early start and it was just sort of first thing we did was mucking out kennels so it was like a lot of picking up poo, uh, a lot of like <laughs> mopping up way and stuff like that. Um, but it was weirdly fulfilling, you know, because obviously, like, clearly me and Gurdine are dog people, otherwise we wouldn't go to a dog charity. And it's nice to see, but also quite upsetting to see that there's, because I think there's probably about 50 dogs there. Some of them have, you know, in kennels, like their owners gone on holiday or whatever. But obviously the majority are rescues that have come from kill pounds in Bosnia or Bulgaria or something like that. So it does give you this weird satisfaction of like doing this for them. They they, they don't get it. You know, they're, they're not going to shake my hand at the end of the day, but it was, yeah, very fulfilling. And then afterwards, they were sort of like, oh, you know, do you want to like walk the dogs? There's a bit of a treat. It's obviously all over that. Um, and it got to, I think it was about half 11 when they started sending the volunteers home because that charity in particular don't have any like actual staff like on a payroll it's all volunteer based um so it got to half 11 and they sent the volunteers home but me and Gerb we were sort of like well anything else we can do let you know let us do it so then we were, we were bathing dogs and grooming the dogs and just doing all these other odd jobs and stuff to just try and you know make it worth their time as well as our time and whatever else um, and at, at the end of the day the woman who runs it Maggie she was absolutely like over the moon you know, with the just so grateful, so so grateful. She's sending Gerby all these texts and sending the pictures of like updates on the dogs and stuff like that. Um, which yeah, just an incredible, incredible day. And then after that, sort of you know, put a presentation together and roll it out, you know, to the branch and all that. This is what we were doing on our volunteering day. Um, and the reception was phenomenal. To be fair, it was obviously a concern of mine. I don't know if this is cynical of me, but a concern of mine when you mentioned volunteering days is you're worried that people think, oh, wicked yak, and try and use this day to 
not not do work or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so we tried to really drive down the point of what it's about. It's not a day off. Um, so that was my biggest concern. But the reception was people were immediately like, oh, you know what, I could do this. Or, or maybe there's a charity that does this. And like interest was amazing already. Like there's one particular in the apprentice, a lad in the office. And immediately he was like, oh, do you think there's any charities that work with people that have recently emigrated? And, uh, and it's like, yeah, man, yeah, you know, get out there, do something that you care about because you're going to feel great at the end of the day. It's, you know, hugely beneficial for charities, community and, and customer response as well would be the third thing. Um, a lot of customers would be like, oh, what did you get up to? You know, I noticed you had an out of office the other day. And I said, oh, I was volunteering. And they're all just, like oh it's so great your company offers that um, and we've had some people have like gone to their managing directors and be like oh here's this thing that Kayana do I think it'd be great if we could do that as well so the impression that it's left on the community like the business community and obviously as well as the smaller community like this dog is pretty incredible I'm very excited to use my second day yeah you know what that sounds like good such a good day as well Apart from like cleaning up the poo and the wee, but more the walk and the dogs and the the bathing them sounds like sounds like such a good day. Because had you had you done volunteering before, or was this your first time taking a full day out to do it? Yeah, no, first time. Um, oh, right so with Gervin as well. We'd never, never, never done it. And you said you used a a matrix. Was there a website or something you said you used? I don't suppose you have the name of that somewhere still, do you? I can. I can get it. <laughs> I can get it from her because she did all she did all the legwork. That was just the mouthpiece for when we were doing presentations and stuff. <laughs> but um, awesome. yeah, no, it was, yeah, an incredibly helpful tool. Because mm. I guess that I could kind of touched on at the start for me. That's the thing, you know. Where do I start? And actually, if there's a something you can look through and try and find, you know, something that really piques my interest, then that would definitely be a very useful tool to have. My, I find yeah. that so interesting. You both did completely different things, but you both found it. You know, you both found it very rewarding. I just want to say, like, on on also what you said, Blee, about not knowing where to start. I mean, also look at um, things that are around you. I mean, it's particularly for a lot of people who might have children, your parent-teacher associations are often registered as charities and sports organizations as well are registered as charities. So, you know, I know I get a lot of emails asking for help to set up at the summer fete or the winter fair or whatever at school, which is difficult, as you pointed out, Harvey, when you're working full time, it's it's difficult to fit that thing in. But if you really wanted to do that, you know, maybe you could take the, your volunteering day to help out with the PTA or with your local kids sports team or even any local sports teams that have uh, charity registration. And if you're not sure if it's a charity, you can always look on the Charities Commission website for their name or their registration number and it'll show you the details i think that's the only requirement in the volunteering policy is that right that it's a registered charity yeah yeah that's more or less the only the only requirement yeah speaking to me and blee who haven't maybe volunteered or used our days before would you have any kind of any advice or any tips tips for us as um as new people into something like this or would you just tell us to both stop being ridiculous and get on with it? Because <laughs> that would also be fair, I think. <laughs> no, I think for me, the, um, the obvious one would be, you know, give it your all. Um, mm. Go there and make as much of a difference as you can. But I think on the, in the broader scope is don't be intimidated because I think if you would say to someone, name five charities, it would be big ones, you know, like Cancer Research, Rich Heart Foundation. But there's tens of thousands of them out there. Um, 
some big and some small, and they'd all appreciate your help as much as the next one. So get looking. That's my advice. <laughs> yeah, I think that's good advice. Yeah, don't don't be afraid. I think also you could think about breaking up the days. So maybe you don't have to take your full day. You could take a half a day and do a couple of hours with something small like packing bags at a food bank or like Harvey did with the dogs, which I think is awesome, by the way, um, you know, just to get a flavor for it and meet the organization. And also you don't have to feel like, oh my gosh, I've got this whole day to fill. What do I do? Um, but also think about maybe development. So are there skills you want to develop, uh, things that you may not be able to do at work that you want to express or things that you think could help you at work? Because I've had a great um, benefit with Chester Women's Aid both ways, you know, the skills I've learned there I've applied at work, the skills I know and apply at work, I've been able to use in my volunteering. So, you know, look at it too, is it an opportunity for you to do something either different or help you with something you want to continue to develop? Awesome. Brilliant advice from you both. Thank you very much. Great. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Right, Paddy, I don't know about you, but what I found most interesting there was the fact that both of them had volunteered doing something completely different but found it equally rewarding it is interesting isn't it and also the different experiences so angela saying she's the the chair of the volunteering board and for harvey it was his first time um first time volunteering which is great and he kind of you know he's he's done it as a result of having the opportunity through the policy but it was interesting hearing harvey talk about it because you could you could hear even though it was his first time it was almost like he was sort of catching the volunteering bug <laughs> um which is really nice to hear and hearing how passionate he was about it yeah definitely and next up we're speaking to jeremy who again has done something completely different and also offers some very valuable insights i volunteer for the national trust as I said, on a regular basis. And I'll, when they announced the two volunteering days, I thought, that's great. And I didn't, at first, I didn't want to just use them up at the National Trust. I thought, well, I'm already doing that. Let's experience something new. But in the end, I did, because if I was going to do something new, it has to be something I'm passionate about. And really, my first choice would have been, say, an animal shelter. Mm. And I was scared I'd come home with a number of animals. So <laughs> <laughs> I was. I just went to the National Trust, and as I volunteer at two different estates, I used like two days up about each one. Awesome. So what is it that you got up to on, on those days then? Right, so the first one is a place called Montecute House, um, built in 1601. And there I'm a room guide. So I, you know, we have shifts and we, we move through the different rooms for about an hour or so. And we just interact as much as we can with the visitors. We're there, ready for them to ask us questions. Um, or if you look at people, you know, overhearing conversations is really quite enjoyable because then we can, if we find they said something wrong or they're not sure, then we'll we'll step in, we'll butt in and just sort of not correct them, but just engage in conversation mm. um, and just try and make their visit enjoyable. So that was one of the days. What was it you did on the other? Was it a similar sort of thing? The other day, thing? well, Barrington Court is a is a bigger estate, and there I'm a I'm what they call a stroller. I actually, okay. when I first started, I was in reception area, mm. but then COVID came along, and when they reopened, they didn't need additional people in the reception area because it's all timed. Mm. Then I went into the book barn, which is probably the second most profitable book barn in the country, one of the biggest. But I kind of I enjoyed it because I enjoy books, but I didn't really feel I was really integrating in 
with what I believe the National Trust is great at. Mm. And then they shut for the winter to try and get some repairs done. And when they opened up, they introduced these stroller rolls. And I said, right, that's me. And I kind of, over a period of four hours, walk about six miles. Um, And again, there it's to try and to talk to visitors. How's their experience going? Um, There's a lot of head scratching because it's the largest state. So they're looking at the map thinking, okay, I'm not sure where to go. So butt in and try and help ask questions. Again, if they're looking at some of the buildings, you know, just try and help. Not as easy as Montague because the British people are reserved. And you've done it. You walk down the street and no one's going to, they don't want to make eye contact with you. And it's the same even on a, on a state like Barrington. They don't necessarily know I'm a volunteer at the time, although I've got a badge and a, a bag. Mm. It's not to the last minute they know. And of course, they're just not looking at you. And I don't like to just go, oi, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> um, so I'll gauge how they're looking, how they're walking. Some are in deep in conversation. So I try to just leave them alone. Mm. But I, I do what I can. But I also get involved with other jobs. I mean, we had a few, we had some ducklings arrive recently and they were getting stuck. So we kind of built a little ramp trying to help them. Some of the Christmas displays I kind of help out. At. And of course, some litter picking, you know, whatever I can just to make the visitor experience a little bit more enjoyable. No, I was going to say, it sounds fascinating. And it's not something that I'd have thought you could, you, you know, for me, when I think of volunteering days, I'm not thinking my my thought process is very small, but it sounds like I really need to expand it. Um, you know, there's a lot of volunteering opportunities out there. The National Trust is possibly one of the biggest organizations in the world with volunteers. Um, I saw a mural at a, a, one of the houses in Devon. This is pre COVID. At the time, they said something like 60,000, 70,000 volunteers across the National Trust. But the satisfaction I can't begin to describe the mm. interaction with staff, you know, with their members as they walk around and then the, the enjoyment most people get from learning something. Mm. Do you have any kind of advice or tips for how to kind of to get into volunteering or, um, yeah, any helpful little insights for someone who hasn't done it before? I think the key is what are your passions? So is it animals? Um, is it, I don't know, there's so many charities out there. Is it a particular NSPCC or something where you can work in the shops? Um, the trust is different where it's, you know, quite an interactive location you can go to. But I, I think the key, if you want to do it, is just do something you, you really like. So in terms of obviously, in terms of just doing two days, that's that's the hard part. It's great to give people a taster, which is why really they need to think about their passion. And if it gets 5% of people doing more regular volunteering, it would be brilliant. Definitely. Yeah, it's been absolutely. very inspirational, to be fair, to talk to you and some of the other individuals, you know, some of our other colleagues who've used it. It's really made me think that I want to yeah. use mine. I want to find find a charity I'm passionate about and get stuck in, really. I must admit, I mean, I've never been a very effusive person, but I can't speak highly enough of what I'm doing in the National Trust what and how much i love it you know it's good for me and it's good for the trust you know mm. and it'll be the same whatever whatever charity someone chooses paddy i don't know about you but i don't think there is much that we can add really to those we've had three very good conversations about volunteering and each of them has given me plenty to think about and opened my mind basically to some of the possibilities that are out there yeah definitely i mean 
obviously with Angela and Harvey, that was really insightful in terms of volunteering that they did. And then with Jeremy, his kind of what he has been doing with his with his time isn't the first thing that will come to mind when it comes to volunteering. And it's a massive takeaway just to get involved with something that you're really passionate about. And I think after we spoke, spoke to all three of them, I did sit down and kind of think like, oh, you know, what would I really want to get involved in? And I've got a few good ideas for myself and a few people that I want to reach out to, to, um, yeah, to get involved, which I guess was the whole point of us doing this volunteering podcast really, wasn't it? Because it's kind of, it's inspired me to get involved. Yeah, I think the fire is something that you're passionate about really, uh, really hit home for me. What was it, what is it you're thinking of doing with yours then? I mean, I've got a few, I've got a few thoughts really, but I think for me, I, um, I've been, when I was a little bit younger, I, I got really into boxing. I really liked how much the boxing gym was a big part of the community. And the sort of the whole point of a boxing gym is to offer a cheap alternative, you know, to have something else to do in the evenings. And if I can maybe, you know, get involved with that, whether it's trying to organize sessions or do a bit of training, be an extra body, maybe help, you know, with my gym at home at the minute, they just need people to come in and try to like help strip the walls because they're gonna they're gonna repaint it. So if I can get involved with anything like that with any clubs that are local to to me and in, in London and help any way that I can, I think that'll be great because I love the work that they do in the community. Sounds like a brilliant plan. You've got more ideas any, than I have. Have you not got anything going on? Have you are you well, have you thought of anything? Not really, not yet. I mean I've got some very small ideas, but the problem is my passion is cars, so I don't know how to <laughs> do what, what charity is there to do with cars. Maybe I should I just need to do some research. Um I'll think of something. Could just and be I'm, a bit of free labour in a garage or something. So try and find like a cool little retro garage. I don't know if there'd be a registered charity. <laughs> <laughs> as much as I like the idea. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway, um, a big thank you to <laughs> Angela Harvey and Jeremy for joining us on this episode and for talking about what they've been getting up to with their volunteering days thank you to my co-host paddy and thank you to all of you listening as always please remember that if you want to get involved in a further episode you can do by emailing uk.wellbeing at kuna-nagel.com so yeah thank you i'll catch you in the next one